0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Ultimately, you am going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day, just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome, Stephen Holder. I'm here with Zach Kiefer, and this is your latest episode of 1% Better. The Colts, a little better, a little bit. Uh, they won big on Thursday night, 45-30 to 30 over the New York Jets. I think it was probably the game we thought it would be, because I didn't... I hoped it wouldn't be close, because I didn't want to cover <laughs> a nail-biter with the Jets. <laughs> because that would, that would create all kinds of... Stories uh, locally, right? So I, I guess they handled their business. They're four and five. They've got eight games to go. Uh, I still don't know very much about them, but because uh, <laughs> we didn't learn anything really, right? Right. But, uh, I, I think let's just let's just kind of contextualize what happened, right? So forty-five thirty. It sounds great. I, I don't. I'm not going to like hammer the Colts for this game. I I don't think that their lapses late in the game override the fact that they were like incredibly dominant, right? For most right. of this game. However, however, Josh Johnson, I think that's his name. No, I'm kidding. Yes. I know Josh. I've known Josh a long time. Um, great guy. Not necessarily a premier quarterback, okay? <laughs> so, Josh Johnson, uh, you're playing... Last night,
2: might disagree with you.
1: <laughs> right, that's my point. Is So, you're playing the third-string quarterback, you're playing the Jets, who, by the way, defensively, that, is, that might be the worst team, that might be the worst defense I've seen this year.
2: But they're not, well, yeah, and we can get into this, but they're, they're not a horrible defense. I mean, they were last night, they, but they like played on terrible paper, last they're last last like me. Yeah, year. I mean... Yeah. 211 yards before contact for the Colts running backs. That's amazing. Seven <laughs> yards a carry before contact. That's amazing. But anyway.
1: If you just saw this game on paper, you'd be like, no, there's no way that happens. Like that never happens in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> right? So anyway, and then of course, Jonathan Taylor had his requisite, you know, 80-yard touchdown. Where It was only 73, I think. So, it was 78, you know. so let's 78, not. whatever. Yeah. So, look, I mean, you know, lots of good, lots of concerns as well, but that's all right. I mean, so let me let me ask you this. Um, do you in any way, shape or form feel differently about the Colts this morning than you did yesterday morning?
2: Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I'm going to start with the offensive side of the ball. There's nothing wrong with 45 points. There's nothing wrong with five hundred and thirty three total yards. That's I don't a care lot of points. And a yeah, lot I of don't yards. care who you're playing. Right. That's a big deal. Right. Um, five hundred thirty three yards is the most since the Manning era. I believe, and, and that's, or no, yeah, the most since the Manning era, that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got 30 straight and four straight games, the first time since 2010, the most points since 2014, so I mean, I don't want to jump too quickly here, but Frank's got this offense rolling. Now, I'm not excusing the ending against Tennessee, right, that was on the offense, that was on the quarterback and the play caller, but... Um, you're seeing a two-headed monster erupt, and Carson's playing pretty well against bad teams. So You've got Carson, and then you've got these two studs that are emerging. And I'll start with Pittman, who just seems to get better every week. He can catch anything in traffic. The touchdown last night, he's got five touchdowns, I think, in four games, or four touchdowns in three games. Either way, the wide receiver one debate is no longer a debate, and it's been fun because we saw this back in Westfield. If you remember, We we, we would have these side conversations being like, he looks different. He looks angry, and you're seeing it on the field. And we should probably mention 28. He's pretty good. Um, he's, he? he's the best running back that's playing right now. Like, I don't watch every team, but I can't imagine the guy playing better than that. The dude's got 1,000 scrimmage yards in nine games. He's got more than anybody in the league, 1,114 scrimmage yards. Um, he's got six straight games with a 100 rushing yards. Um, with 100 rushing yards and a touchdown for the first time since Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006. I mean, hmm. he, he's going to be your rushing champ, barring a huge change this year. So between those two, the offense was a lot of fun last night. And we should mention that Frank Reich really had it going. He really had it going. The Jets didn't have an answer. He was getting his guys wide open. And I'm not just talking about Danny Pinter. Um, but I don't <laughs> think it's bad to walk away and say they can score. They can definitely score right now. Now, the defense... That's a whole different story.
1: Yeah, so let's continue the the offensive point for a little bit, though. I think they've scored 30 points in four straight games, which is, I believe, the first time since 2010, if I'm not mistaken. So, Correct. So, you know, talking about the Manning era, here we go again. And so, you know, you're starting to see, I don't want to say Star Wars, but they're like Star Wars no, light. don't say that. They're Star Wars light a little bit right now. And I don't know if they can do it against, you know, Tampa and Buffalo and, you know, teams of that ilk but we'll see. I mean, to be completely honest, they they kind of have put up
2: numbers against the better teams too. They just haven't been able to score enough. Don't uh, you think this is the offense Frank envisioned? We talked to mm-hmm. him when they traded for Wentz. Don't you think this is kind of what he saw in his head? This oh, kind do. of offense with with this kind of balance? I do. I do. I think you're seeing a couple of things. You're seeing
1: first of all, the RPOs, I think they're great. I think they're working. And I think Carson Wentz is the perfect quarterback for RPOs because I've talked about this before. His ball handling is like top level. It's elite. The way he's able to, to sell the fakes and then he's making pretty good decisions generally on those RPOs and, and getting the ball out generally pretty quickly when they do it. And I think that's one of the reasons Frank Reich does it because it's, it's generally like like one read. You know, it's like, all right, right. boom. The fake, if you're going to fake it, it's like, okay, it has to be quick because the defensive end is coming. So it kind of takes the thought process out of Carson Wentz's hands beyond the fake, if, if that makes sense. So it's like he's not going to make three different reads. It's like, okay, I'm going to either hand it or I'm going to throw it to my first option, boom. You know, and that's kind of how that works. So I don't mind those. I think they're productive. They, they tend to get some yards on those plays. I also think that they're doing a good job of also getting Naheem Hines involved, which is a tough thing to do sometimes, you know, because he and and Taylor overlap. So they're getting everybody involved, you know, Mo Ali Cox, a couple of touches. You always like to see that. So, yeah, that was that was definitely like a Ph.D. level offensive game for Frank Reich and Carson Wentz. I mean, they needed it. Yeah, that's what we talked about. That is what it was supposed to look like. And the chunk plays are just coming one after another after another. And, I mean, that's that's how you got to play in today's NFL. They, they are a team that is, or at least an offense, I should say, that is absolutely ideal for what you want in today's NFL. Now, I don't know if they can do it every week. And, and certainly they have had lapses, including at times last week. But there are times when they look like one of the ideal 2021 offenses out there in the NFL. So we'll see. But I, I like it. I think it's exactly what Frank envisioned. And I think that he and Carson Wentz, they truly, truly are on the same page. They they are like-minded. They know each other, understand each other. And I think the trust that he has in Carson Wentz, for better or worse, I, I think it's growing by the day. And I think it's, been earned on Carson Wentz's part. So the last last thing I'll just say, though, is like he he just has to continue to prove that like
2: the the Titans game, that needs to be the one off. Okay, and And, so far it is. Are we going to get that answer for a couple weeks? I mean, I don't think you get that answer last night. I don't think you get that answer next week against the Jags. They'll probably do a very similar thing, which is fine. And I'm not going to knock the Colts for that, but they'll get to five and five and then and then you find out what you're really about, and by that I mean the team and the quarterback. Carson's on pace right now for thirty three and seven, which and I think that's just about where he was in seventeen when he it had is. his MVP yeah. type season, right it so is. um you get an extra game and and he didn't light it on fire to start the season. There was the ankles, he was a little up and down early. We kind of always pictured that after really no training camp for him, no preseason games, new team et cetera. that was going to be a slow start we expected. But you know that's better than Rivers last year. Rivers was twenty-four and eleven last year. Jacoby was eighteen and six the year before, and then Luck was thirty-nine and fifteen in twenty eighteen. So Wentz is not playing as well as Luck did in eighteen. I'm not saying that, but I can see this offense heating up. And they didn't have a talent like Jonathan Taylor in twenty eighteen either. So if this guy keeps doing what he's doing, Carson will keep playing well. But like you said, you're not going to get an answer until they get into a tight situation late in a the game. They have to win. And Carson is going to have to win one of those this season. I'm excited to see if he can do it. He let him down against the Titans, but they're going to have some chances. And I definitely think in talking to some people in the building, they're confident that they can play with really good teams. They've shown it a couple times. They've proven that, right. It's about finishing. They just got to finish. And so last night, you know, talking to Frank Reich, talking to Darius Leonard, talking to a bunch of these guys, they were like, you know, it was fun. We won. We needed this. But we still didn't really finish. And that's sort of the takeaway I had to transition to the defense. They let Josh Johnson throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like, that's a real thing. And I don't want to hear late game garbage yards. Like, their starters were still in, and they could not stop the Jets. That's concerning. Yeah, so there's like this dichotomy that
1: I that I think about sometimes. Offensively, I think you can make an argument that they are – a lot more potent than they were last season. I mean, I don't even yeah. think it's a, an argument. I think it's pretty clear. Now, are they better overall offensively? I, they're not as efficient, maybe? Oh, they're think, more but, explosive, though. But they're
2: definitely they more didn't have a ta- They didn't have Taylor at this level last year, and they didn't right. have a Pittman like this.
1: Right. I mean, offensive efficiency is great, okay? Like, I, I know that's a great, great thing. Frank Reich loves that. But at the end of the day, like, Take the Chiefs, like remember when the Chiefs were good, like last year? <laughs> like, <laughs> remember, like, even the last couple of years when the Chiefs were really rolling, they weren't necessarily the most efficient team, but damn it, they were going to score and they were going to go up and down the field, and you couldn't stop them. And they like could score in a hurry. Yes. And you see that from time to time with this team now. And I'm not comparing them to the Chiefs of the past two years. I'm just saying they have some qualities like those offenses. And so so I care a little less about the efficiency. So great. They had a lot of efficiency with Phillip Rivers. But, eh, you know, how far can that take you, right? That now, had to this be their year, game, right? Right, yeah. exactly. They were playing to their strengths. Now this year, you have this exciting, potent offense that can score in a flash. And yet, on the other side of the ball, what you have is a defense that has gone the other way which is remarkable to me because this was not what we anticipated. We thought this would be the other way around. We thought this would be a transitional year for the offense because new quarterback, obviously, uh, you know, the offensive line had had some injuries early and they were just trying to figure some things out. You figured, okay, look, if it takes some time for this offense to really figure itself out, you could kind of understand that, right? I thought we all thought this would be a transitional year on offense. What we didn't Anticipate was the defense going in reverse? I thought the defense was going to take a step. Now, granted, they haven't. I think it's really been a matter of their their main players not playing at the right at the highest level. I mean, Darius Leonard is doing all he can. Granted but is he himself no there's no
2: question like he there are plays that Darius Leonard right now absolutely cannot make because the of that the first ankle. the first third down that that reverse that they ran and he missed the tackle yeah. i haven't seen him whiff on a tackle like that i mean certainly not last season and the seasons no, before it's not it's not something that
1: is in his nature or certainly in his history so so that's a factor but it's more than that though that's a thing if it was just injuries i could like stomach it and it is injuries on some level like Julian Blackman you can't replace that guy, right? Uh Kari Willis, I think, is a great player, even though I don't think he's played great this year, but he's been a very good player for them. So those are like big losses. But at the same time, I mean like Xavier Rhodes, like get this guy off the field. I mean like Dude, what, what did I, I, I say I last week?
2: I can't take it anymore. <laughs> get, How long Okay, the here's field. the question. We, what we, do know we doing? Where we get stand. him off the field. I know where the fans stand because they tweet at me. How long can the team take this? I'm not saying there's a better answer, but how could it be worse? Problem. I mean, like, I, I think I, it's Isaiah is Rogers? time for
1: Isaiah Rogers at this point. Like, I, I mean, mean,
2: that dude's going to hustle at the very least, right? What, what difference does it make? <laughs> oh, man. I, you you know what you're mean? playing with. You don't think Tom Brady's going to see that on tape and destroy oh. him? He's going to oh. go at 27 all game, and Josh Allen's going to do the same thing, and they'll probably move Diggs over there. And it's just. At least I know over. Rocky soon is going to compete. It's done with, with you Xavier. Know what? At least I know
1: Rocky Asin is going to compete. Yeah, he'll and, give know, up some plays. He'll make some plays. He'll he'll compete though. But you know you can knock the guy however you want. But damn it, he's going to compete, and you are in for a fight with that guy. Okay, and I get it. Look, nobody's perfect, and he certainly isn't. But this guy, Xavier Rose, he is not competing. Period. But it's 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 all of it though. It's 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 not <laughs> any one guy on defense. Really, it boils down to we knew a couple of things were going to be problematic for them. Or potentially problematic. Even though I thought the defense would be good, I thought, okay, for them to be really good, they would have to have at least stable play at defensive back, cornerback in particular. And then they would need to get at least uh, an adequate pass rush. And they've really gotten neither one. Nope. And so, what does that leave?
2: That's like two-thirds of your defense. <laughs>
1: So so I don't know what to tell you. You know, it doesn't matter what
2: your scheme is, it doesn't matter what alignment you have on defense. If you cannot get to the quarterback, you're not gonna succeed in today's league. They're yeah. not getting to the quarterback, they're giving Josh Johnson time, they're giving Tannehill time. These guys are all good enough to beat you when the receivers are wide open in the middle of the field, which is that soft spot in their zone, and then secondly when you just don't get to them. They had one sack last night on a third string practice scored quarterback. And mm-hmm. And that's just gonna. The better the quarterback you play, the less time he needs. So, ugh, that no, I just I kind of walked out of the stadium last night thinking this defense. I just don't trust it. I just don't trust it.
1: No, and you know it's funny. Like I I hear from from various readers and fans who say you know well you know you did kind of hype this defense up a little bit, and uh, that's fine. That, that's fair. And and I think I, I go back and I, I replay this on my head, and it's like, well, there was a reason for that. Okay. I thought, for example, the last time we saw this defense in 2020, it was on the field in Buffalo. And I actually thought they acquitted themselves pretty well. To be honest, if they make a couple plays on offense, maybe make a field goal, they win that game. Yep. Right? The defense gave them a chance to win that game. And here is a year later, or less than a year later, and the Bills are kind of the team to beat in the AFC with, with an offense that is among the best in the league. Well, they didn't look like it that day. So I mean, you know, there there was evidence and it wasn't just that. It was making plays against Aaron Rodgers and that that was a huge win, right? And and I get that they had their they made their yards that day, but at the end of the day, the Colts made the defensive plays they needed to make. And and I I probably gave the pass rush a little too much uh, well, I don't think I believed in it necessarily, but, but I do think, I thought they would have more of a presence, and it just hasn't been. The one thing I'll say, though, I do think this year's draft picks are going to be okay. I'm starting to see some some flash from Quidi Pei and from Dale Adengbo. I think those two guys, I think they have it in them, and th- and I hope to
2: God they do. Because nobody else is giving them anything, so <laughs> well, they got Bed Bannigu, man. I mean, what's the problem? Oh.
1: Well, well, where was he last night? Oh, wait, he was inactive. My bad. And
2: this is a good. This is a good transition to. I think the larger point, and you read about this last night, is they got eight games to go. They're four and five. They haven't beat a good team, right? They're, they've lost eight straight to teams with a winning record. They've lost four this year. They have not beat a good team. They beat the crap out of bad teams. They did it last night. They did it when the Texans were here, et cetera. Does it bring – if this season doesn't go the way they want it, which means a playoff berth, is that a referendum on the way this team has been built and the way it is coached? And that's Ballard and that's Reich. And and you mentioned in your story, like, you know, signing Xavier Rhodes and, and basically a secondary full of spare parts, right? They have not invested heavily in the secondary. They took a big chance this year by not signing a free agent at pass rush. They decided to roll the dice with some young guys, and some holdovers. You don't love the pass rush right now, and and this is where you're at. and And I think you have to be concerned that if you've done, they should be, they should be six and three right now. I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say they beat Tennessee, they beat Baltimore, but that's the if game. and And do you think? Do you think it's going to get interesting on that front in terms of the way this team is built? And do you think it ultimately will change the way Chris Bauard approaches free agency in the spring?
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. I think that
1: unless they have just an unbelievable stretch run here, okay, and I'm talking about like you know six and two type stuff, you know, which I, I cannot envision that happening. But They're playing better, but that's hard to see. It's just hard, that's to, hard to, do. to see. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, not exactly. as easy a schedule on the, on the back end as we anticipated it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like we thought it was it would be an easier schedule once they got past that gauntlet up front, but it's actually sneaky hard. Down the stretch, so so we'll see, but anyway, I, I what I think is going to happen is unless they have this an unbelievable finish and and get in the playoffs, like safely getting the playoffs, I think what you're gonna see is if you don't see this, this is a problem. But I think what should happen is everything should be reevaluated. I'm not saying any I'm not talking about people getting fired or any of that I'm not, not I'm talking about that they, nobody's getting fired stop no stop but it, it. How do you
2: reevaluate your approach but that is the question
1: work. that is the question and this has to come from Jim Merce, too on some level I think Jim Mercce and he's smart enough to understand this you know he's like all right I'm gonna be patient I'm gonna let you guys go through and, and do this the way you you believe in you know go ahead and carry out your philosophy. And I think a good owner does that. At some point, you want to see results. This was a key year for me, I think, because you go 11-5 last year. I think you feel pretty good about that team. You feel like you upgraded that quarterback. I mean, if you ask them, okay, not my words, they think that. Yeah. So, if you upgrade a quarterback, you got the whole team back, basically. And you look like you're lost at times this year. Yeah. So, that is not progress, so if your philosophy is not producing progress, well, then I got to ask questions as an owner or as a fan, for that matter. Someone who's paying money to sit in the stands. So I think... I don't know what the changes should or will be, but you have to re-evaluate everything. And I think, honestly, you have to reevaluate the entire roster. You know, this whole run it back philosophy has not paid off. And sometimes running it back is not the, not the right move. So... I think jobs should be at stake. When I say jobs, I mean players. I think that everything from uh, from strategic decisions to free agency decisions, all of that has to be under a microscope. I think really what we've seen already this year, I think is enough
2: to prompt all of these examinations. Yeah, yeah. they need to happen. They need to happen. And, and it's two fronts for me. It's it's one, it's, okay, Chris, if you're going to be patient and you're going to lead on the draft, then you got to hit on these draft picks. Bowd has hit on a lot of them. We know that. And he's hit on, you know, every more, every year there's, we see more. Pittman and Taylor, those are great picks in the same round, right? Darius and Quentin, we've talked about that. You guys all know that. But you can't miss on second rounders like Ben Banigou, who has given you nothing in three years at a pass rush position you desperately need help at. And that kills you. And you've whiffed on pass rush, and you heard about this a couple weeks ago, over and over. And, and that's damning. And if you can't figure that position out, that's going to be trouble in the future. And that's when you start to reevaluate your approach to that position and maybe how you spend money in the offseason. And then secondly, the entire defensive scheme, I think, needs to be evaluated. And Matt Eberflus has not really impressed me this year. They can beat up on the Texans, and they can beat on – on the Dolphins with Jacoby reset back there missing 40 throws, but they need to, they need to hang with a good quarterback. They need to disrupt a good quarterback. Cause every single time they play one, it seems like that guy has a career day. And the Colts have had, I think I heard Rick Venturi mention this the other day. They've had six quarterbacks come in this season and have career days against them. Jeez. And Josh Johnson added to the list last night. That's concerning. And I know that they don't have a pass rush that they want, but that is the hard question you need to answer in the offseason. That's the hard question that Frank Reich needs to answer if he wants to continue to run this type of defense. Because essentially, he lets Eberflus do his thing, right? Essentially, he just lets him um, run the scheme, mm-hmm. set up the game plan, call the plays. It's It's Matt's game over there. Frank handles the offense. I think that's the biggest concern. We'll see how they play down the stretch. But I have enough, I've seen enough to be pretty concerned because – Brady and the Bucks and, and Allen and the Bills are going to dice that defense up if they play like they did last night, especially in the second half. Yeah,
1: and then Kyler Murray and company for that matter. So uh, the other thing, or I guess I'll just add to what you said about Frank Reich and Matt Eberflus, I, I think it's it's very much a one-man show over there, as you said. I think Frank Reich's role with the defense, and I've talked to him about this at, at times in the past, What his, his role is basically he'll sit in on a handful of meetings through the week. He'll make suggestions, he'll give advice, he'll kind of, you know, he's not even overseeing. He's just kind of like, it's like quality control almost, you know what I mean? So he's not in there telling anybody what to do. He's not formulating the game plan. He's not doing any of those things. It's all Matt Eberflus. And he generally is in agreement with most of what they're doing over there. So, But but I what I do wonder is, you know, I don't know that. That there's going to be some overhaul of the scheme because Chris Ballard is also very much well. I mean, it, it, the reason Matt Eberflus is here is Chris Ballard, yeah, right? Yeah, that's another element so, to this. That's like, interesting. Let's don't forget, right? Right? So right? It
2: complicates things. Like, he wanted this scheme.
1: Yeah. So if Matt Ibrulus were to, God forbid, get fired, I don't, I don't know that we're there yet. But like, let's just say you made a change at defensive coordinator. I'm, this is very, very, very hypothetical, to be clear. That change is probably not going to be a singularly a Frank Reich decision. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's complicated. Because, again, the GM is the guy who is the reason he's here. So, I mean, he yeah, was but, going uh, to be the defensive coordinator regardless of who the coach was.
2: That should be Frank's call, though. Frank it should, should be. be able to hire and fire coaches at his pleasure, right? That's, well, that's what here, head coach should do. And he, and he has rehired Matt Eberflus in a sense, every year since. Right. But I think that's a question that needs to be asked because this defense has given up a lot of... A lot of yards, a lot of completions, and it's it's going to be interesting down the stretch.
1: I, I think where, well, you're right. First of all, you are right. Yes, that it, it, it has to be Frank Reich's decision. Uh, but I also think Frank Reich is very smart and understands dynamics, and he would maybe get himself into a battle with Chris Ballard. That's probably too strong a word, but like it, you know, they don't want like sort of a mini power struggle there. So I think Frank is probably. Um, uh, a humble enough guy that 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 would be a discussion. It would not be an independent decision from his perspective. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, be that as it may, I, I think here's what I think is more reasonable or more likely than a change of defense coordinator. I think the change would be more likely. Let's augment this scheme a little bit. Let's tweak it. Let's be more yeah. aggressive. Let's do some things that we aren't that we haven't done in the past. You see this a lot on offense around the league, where Oftentimes, uh, say you know, uh, sometimes you get a, a change in the play caller, but nobody gets fired. But maybe you change the play caller. Or I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but I'm just giving examples of how how things change sometimes without personnel changes or staff changes. Sometimes you'll see th- th- teams add elements to their scheme. I-, I think there can be some of that. There's room for that discussion. Uh, there they don't blitz very much. There they blitz the fourth at the fourth. Lowest rate in the NFL. It's part of their scheme. Maybe that should change. I don't know. But I also think, at the end of the day, the personnel is a problem. There's no question about it. The personnel is a problem, and I mean, you have to wonder did Ballard drop the ball by not trying to go out there and and make
2: um, a consequential signing at either defensive back or defensive end? Because I think as as his patience and his prudence, yeah, is it ever going to pay off? Because it doesn't look like it is right now. Essentially right it, it does feel like this was kind of a
1: wait and see year a little bit because you know they first of all they knew the money would be tight and so that was a factor and then they also wanted to see what some of these young guys could do and now particularly up front and and now we see <laughs> not <Sure>. much <laughs> so all right you have your answer so i'll give them this year but like next year you have to you can't circle back next year and say, "All right, you know, we're going to try this again." No, you can't do that. No, you cannot do that. It's not good enough. So, I, I think that is that much is clear. Uh, so, what do you think is all right within the context of this conversation? Right, meaning what happens down the stretch and what those and what those results mean for the future. What do you think? Sort of the the ranges are for. Like big changes or just you know kind of keep going. Does that make sense? In other words, like you know these last eight games. What happens if they go four and four? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Which is where, probably where does that what leave happens. them? Right. Right. Where right. does that leave them? Is that is that cause for major change or is that cause for just ah some tweaks? Stay the course. You know what I mean? Like so, I wonder like what what does it need to be? I don't yeah. know. That there's an answer. It's hypothetical. Yeah.
2: I'm just wonder assuming there isn't the extreme right so the extreme would be on one side they go on this great run they make the playoffs we'll see what happens the other extreme would be they just collapse I don't see yeah. that happening I think they're playing pretty well right now um let's say they do the, the four and four or you know five and three or whatever and they just miss right miss by a game or two I think it starts with the defensive coordinator and I'm not saying you make a change because I want to see the last part of the season but I think those conversations that we just talked about, they need to be they need to be had and they need to have these discussions on the scheme and the philosophy and the moves. So it's not just on Iberflus, but it's on the philosophy as well. And and there's just so many times this season I've thought to myself, God, if they just had Justin Houston on that third down. Like it's just amazing yeah. how much those sacks change the game. And they just come close and they come close and they come close. And then that quarterback completes a pass. And then they complete, you know, the third and fifteen and the Colts stay on the field and they give up points and Um, Ursa needs to ask those questions because Mm -hmm. five years into Chris Ballard, four years into Frank Reich, you know, we thought the biggest question entering the season, and it probably still is, is Wentz the guy? Where do we stand on that? God, I don't know. Give me, you know, every week I have a different answer. Overall, (laughs) you take the body of work in full, he's the guy, right? I mean, from what I've talked to people in the building, like Carson Wentz is their quarterback, not just this year, but for their foreseeable future don't listen to whatever Colin Cowherd threw throughout the other day. <laughs> but Carson needs to beat a good team and he needs to finish a game and he needs to avoid the disaster that was last week against the Titans. So I think you get that answer. I think Carson's played really well. I think he's played really well. He's had two games this season with a passer rating of above 130. That's better than any time in his career. So, you know, Frank's starting to get the best out of Carson again. Again, he needs to do it against a good team. But if you flip the side, I think that's going to be really interesting. How this defense plays down the stretch. I know the secondary is banged up and they're signing guys off the street. I know Darius is hurt. Okereke's played. Excuse me. Okereke has played a lot better of late. I didn't think he started well. He's played better of late. Yeah. Buckner and Grover are doing everything they can up front. But without that pass rush, this defense isn't whole. So I think that's the angle to keep an eye on as we get into the last eight games. Is does this defense figure it out? Because if it doesn't, I don't think those jobs are necessarily safe. Well, if nothing else, there have to be some hard conversations.
1: Yeah. But at minimum. Let's, let's at start minimum.
2: there. At minimum. But Jim Say isn't in the business of going 8-9 and nine and missing the playoffs. No, I mean. He's not. Like, believe me, he's not.
1: I mean, you're not in the business of, of getting worse as a football team either. And so, at least, you know, worse is, is sort of a. A difficult definition, but I mean, if you go by record, <laughs> they're definitely worse, right? So, so I think that's that's kind of the, the point here. Uh, it's supposed to be. I, I get that progress in the NFL is not always linear, right? And, and that's an important point. Like yeah. you
2: can get better and still lose games. Like I actually, I like, I do believe that. Yeah. At the same time, I, I do think that their results so
1: far have have shown that they're a very average team. And average was not the goal. It's never been the goal. And it shouldn't be the goal. Okay. But I want to just circle back to the Carson Wentz point you just made just now. I agree. I think we've seen enough. And you don't have to love Carson Wentz. I know that there's all kinds of... There's a range of opinions about Carson Wentz. That's fine. Like, it's America. You can feel however you want. However, you also have to be reasonable and realistic. They're not going to have a first-round pick. Stop it. They're not going to have a first-round pick. Shut up. (laughs) Okay? That's oh, my gone. gosh. Like, come on. Like, Stop You guys it. know Chris care. Ballard and how he works? Like, yeah. he's not. I don't care what you read, where you read it. I, I don't care. They're not benching Carson Wentz. They're going to play. They're going to. Their offense, first of all, their offense is one of the hottest in the NFL. They're going to play Carson Wentz.
2: Okay? Stop it. The team approached this season with the understanding that they do not have a first-round pick. And yes. And that's not going to change, barring a huge injury that happens, like, very soon. Right. He's not going to sit. They're not going to tell Darius Leonard to fight through a throbbing ankle. And and then tell Carson to sit when he's healthy, just to protect a fifteenth pick, eighteenth pick, whatever it is. It's just right. not happening.
1: Hey, Quentin, I know your back is killing you, but hey, um, just you know, we need you to just block a little longer because we're gonna play Sam Ellinger. You good with Quentin, that? Quentin, would kill someone. He would kill someone. <laughs> he, he would. It's like, hey, Eric Fisher, you know, look, I I know you fought back from that Achilles, but uh, hey, buddy, sorry
2: to tell you, but uh, we're
1: gonna play the kid. And I don't, I don't think
2: they should, and I understand the value of a first-round pick, but that's, that's not good ball. Like, that's just not how you run an organization. And the locker room is you know, what Chris mentality. Ballard talked about. That's a loser exactly. mentality. He talked about the locker room bullshit. on day one. It is a loser mentality, and I think the fans need to understand that uh, that's not how they think, and that's not how they should think. I'll tell you what. I, if they do that, I will
1: rip their ass to shreds because I think the message it sends is absolutely horrible horrible and I yes. fans you got listen I love you guys I love you guys but listen you got to stop thinking about everything in terms of off season. there are other issues it's not everything not everything is about like if, if you don't it's either you win the Super Bowl or who will we picking in the draft like there are right there's there's degrees to this thing you got to think of it in those terms and at the end of the day you're trying <laughs> to build something and look I, I get that from a from a black and white standpoint, yeah, the, the first round pick is extremely valuable. Of course it's valuable. The best players in the league are first round picks. However, I just think the message it sends to the rest of that locker room is the worst possible message you could send. It tells them that they're wasting their time. I agree completely. So that's what it says. So no, 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 a thousand
2: times no. No. If you so, guys disagree, let us know. But we're yeah, pretty I'll, strong I'll, yeah, on this. I'm willing to listen. If, if you guys have ever watched a game seven to eight feet away from Chris Ballard, there is no way on planet Earth that dude is going to put Ellinger out there with Carson healthy just to protect the draft pick. He would kill himself. He would go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't not happening. even
1: I haven't even asked this question of anybody. You know why? I don't need we don't It's need a to. waste of time. Right. I already know where they stand. First of all, what would Chris Ballard say if you asked him this? He'd probably he probably might curse throw him his out.
2: phone against the wall or do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, are you crazy? Or he might just stare at you, like, not even understanding what you're talking about
2: because that probably hasn't entered have, his mind. <laughs> I have seen. Uh, we both will run into Chris sometimes, you know, in the middle of a game, like just in a press box or whatever. And mm-hmm. there have been times when you know they had pl- had a bad play or a bad call and. He will stare through you like he I mean, this is intense as you can imagine. As any fan out there, I can promise you the GM is just as intense during games. And there's just there's just no way that they're just gonna voluntarily sit their quarterback to protect a pick. Yeah, the man
1: broke his collarbone showing receivers how to block while he was coaching division two
2: football. Okay. He threw a chair in the press box at Kings at Kingsville because they couldn't get a stop on fourth down. And then he said to Ed Dodds, who was sitting next to him, Well, I'm going to hear about the NCAA on that one. (laughs) Yeah, that guy is going to sit the quarterback. Okay. Right, and and just sit there peacefully. Right, right.
1: So, come on, people. All right? So, I I don't know. I got way off the subject there, but I think that just needed to be said. Okay? Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, anyway, the point I was going to make, like, five minutes ago, was (laughs) Carson Wentz, is for all intents and purposes, he's the guy, unless he falls apart or something down the stretch. You always have to leave the possibility open. But I think we've seen, as you said, the body of work is, is pretty good, and their offense is rolling. So there's no sense in, in trying to, to blow that up at this point. He's the guy, okay? No, with with Pittman and Taylor, that's going to be fun to watch yeah, the next couple of years. He's the guy. the The problem is with a more complete team, and honestly with a more complete team around him right now, and everybody pulling their weight. I mean, you got a chance with a guy like that. I don't know. I'm not saying that he's Josh Allen, but I mean, I take what we've seen from Carson Wentz over a
2: whole lot of other quarterbacks right now. A lot of them, probably most of them. Thirty-three touchdowns, man. That's that's good. Yeah, it is. This 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 city spoiled, man. Because Peyton threw for forty-nine and Luck threw for forty. I mean, thirty-three is really good. I also think
1: there's there's sort of a too many people have, like, preconceived notions about Carson Wentz. And I understand why. Don't get me wrong. But either you're either going to come into this with an open mind or you're not. Okay? And if you don't come into it with an open mind, then you're just never going to see the guy for anything but what he has been as opposed to what he is now. So I get that last week happened. And, and I want to see him go up against these top-tier opponents as well. I, I want to see it. He's got a lot to prove. But at the same time, I mean, do you think – do you think some of these quarterbacks out there throwing 40 and 45 touchdowns? I mean, you think they're all doing that against the best defenses in the league? Uh, everybody gets fat off of, you know, patsies. It's it, it, it just what right. it is. It's the nature of right. the beast. So, I mean, Andrew Luck threw 40 touchdowns that one year. I mean, he didn't do all that against the Patriots. I mean, come on, man. So, it is what it is. So, give the guy a little br- bit of a break, all right? He's, he's done his part. For the most part, and I think he's been extremely viable, and I think he's going to be their guy. So, uh, but at the question is going to be the rest of the team. So, you know, get, they got one check mark, and they got a whole lot of other blanks to fill out. So, we'll see. Uh, so, that's it. That's it. Um, you've got an interesting football team there, Colts fans. <laughs> um, and next week, we should have, I would hope, a similar podcast. Against or coming off the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Otherwise, um, there's probably going to be some fire and brimstone here.
2: So, Jaguars, maybe I'm wrong, but it just always seems like it's tougher than it needs to be.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like even Jaguars, last year, it was yeah. like
2: winning your in, and they had to take Jonathan Taylor for 250 to to beat him in the fourth quarter. Now, that was before Urban Meyer showed up, so we'll see. But um, <laughs> yeah, they should get to five and five next week before they head to a big, big, big one in buffalo on november 21st yep so
1: so we'll say um i think if if nothing else um at least sit back and enjoy you know the, the 45 points because you don't get that everything so there's that so take take it take what you can get okay you know don't be picky it's the nfl it's All the right?
2: cold season man these right. the fans are smart enough to know that it's not going to be a just perfect right like when did you guys get the right to be picky
1: <laughs> come on <laughs> come on that's a little reality check here so anyway thanks for listening guys uh this is one percent better i'm Stephen holder with jack keeper stay tuned to the athletic uh lots of mid-season nfl coverage out there uh we've got tons of coverage and zach's working on something for next week that you won't want to miss so stay tuned for that as well thanks for listening <music>